News Talk Sports. Now, the experts on AM980. And good afternoon. This is Brian Nuttall. Literally, figuratively blew in to host this one. uh, Presented by Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center. My guests firmly believe that a major key to health maintenance is found in mobility. And this is powerful backing. A study published this year by a team of researchers from Rush University Medical Center in Chicago found that preserving motor function is just as important a mental function to maintain independence and quality of life in older age. My guests also believe that finally getting it right, diet, sedentary lifestyle, increasing dependence on meds to cure our ills, have put thousands of years of evolution out of balance. A healthy lifestyle is the solution. But how do we get on the road to seeing it and feeling it? Well, our shows with Peak Mobility will devote more attention to the promotion of our mobile lives. Doug Pooley is here, a licensed chiropractor, and Chris Stribe, a physiotherapist. Welcome. Thank you very much, Brian. This is a fascinating topic, but you think and feel that we should have been talking about this many, many years ago. Well, I think if people were a little bit more aware of their health and what actually creates health, and the importance of staying fit and healthy to their overall longevity, mm-hmm. it would be a whole lot better world we live in now. And mobility is the key. I think it is. I think that from an evolutionary standpoint, man has kind of evolved as a movement being. In other words, over th- you know, literally hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, the key to our being here right now is the fact that we've been able to move. We've been able to move for a lot of reasons. One, to avoid being gobbled up by something that was much bigger and much faster, and also just to search out food. So the human body is designed as a movement machine. So what has changed? What's created this dynamic that we live in now and we're dealing with and looking for solutions from you and Chris? I think uh, if you look at technology, the way our our workplace has uh, been reformed or, or shaped with the advent of uh, are, the, are all of our fun electronic gadgets? You know, it's it's easy now for us to just be stuck at a desk for the entire work shift. Its intent, you'll remember well, was just to make life a whole lot easier. Exactly. I uh, I fortunately grew up on a farm, and uh, I've been active uh, from a young age, and and I can really appreciate that now, uh, being older and, and knowing what it was to be physical all the way through uh, the developmental years. Where now I see my kids even. I, their lives are much more sedentary than, than mine were. Even though we still try to encourage them to be active and in sports, uh, it's still a different shift. And I, I think when you look at the workplace now, uh, how much we can just stay in one spot, uh, that's what I see in my clinics all day long are people with the neck, the back, shoulder issues. And uh, and they're wondering why they're having problems because they don't play the sports or they you know, they weren't real physical on the weekend. And why are my, my shoulders so sore? And uh, we really start to see that. And it's it's popping up definitely more now than even, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And don't get us started on diet. Oh, I think we've got to start on diet, actually. <laughs> I think at the end of the day that probably 80% of health is related to nutrition. I mean, nutrition and exercise. But you are what you eat. That famous old adage, you know, it could never be truer than it is today. Mm-hmm. I mean, food on the shelves is treated to be longer on the shelf. Right. But we're not necessarily being longer in life. No. And and I often explain to patients who have come in because of an injury because, hey, the New Year's le- resolution started. I'm going to the gym. And uh, it used to be, yeah, you know what? I can fix your knee pain. I can fix your shoulder pain. But I noticed you are a few pounds overweight. And that was your reason to go to the gym and lose that weight. 
Uh, and as Doug said, it, we are what we eat. And I think people have have positively been pushed into the gym to be more physically active. But at the same point, the fuel that they're putting into their body is is not the appropriate fuel. So the significant result or problem with all of this, sedentary lifestyle, the foods that we choose to eat, eventually creates disease and disability. Absolutely. I mean, there's now well over a thousand studies mm-hmm. that talk about the negative impact of a sitting environment. As we were talking about beforehand, from an evolutionary standpoint, we were designed to move. And even if you go back over a hundred years, if you go back a hundred years, the main employment at that point was essentially agriculture. So people got up every morning, they went out and did the things that they had to do. Then we moved through in the 40s and 50s and moved into the industrial age in North America where people were still up and they were working and they were using their bodies. And then it with, within the space of less than a generation, we now have moved into essentially service-based industry, which is all sitting. And that's within the less than the period of one genetic cycle. I mean, it's insanity. And you're you're starting to see it in this this demographic of children that are coming through. They're having so many more medical problems um, that you know. Growing up uh, thirty years ago, I didn't see that in my friends, uh, and and I'm seeing it now in my friends' kids, uh, and they're having these issues where it is related to their diet. It is related their borderline diabetes already. Maybe when they're only seven or eight years old, uh, they're and they're having a lot more breathing problems. Uh, you know, just it. They, you look at these children and you think, wow, they, there's something just off about them. You were right about the fact that we're seeing more young people, 19, 20, 21, and they are having mental issues or attention deficit issues. And that's the next generation. And we really want to empower them to be regular listeners of, of this show and to catch the podcast today, M980, uh, because the, what the world will be inheriting it doesn't look that bright yet either. Well, it does. I mean, for all the money that we're throwing at healthcare which is insanity again, too. I mean, there's just billions of dollars being put into the treatment of disease. And and that's all fine and well. But really, where does the emphasis start to change when instead of the most important thing being to treat a disease once it's evolved into preventing that disease in the first place? And it's not that difficult to predict anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if you can really get back to the point of we were talking about mobility. Well, just exercise, get up, walk. How much? Do a few things. How much do you suggest? Well, I suggest that you should exercise an hour a day, five at least five days a week, and that should be a combination of aerobic exercise as well as resistance training. And and I agree. I think the mistake people make is they they do that New Year's resolution type regime, and they end up getting sore or hurting themselves, and they don't understand why, uh, and so they just think, "Whew, I'm not doing that again." And, and sometimes we're fortunate enough we do see them in our clinic and we can counsel them and say, hey, yeah, no, this is good. This is your body adapting. These are changes that are going to happen. Uh, we can walk them through that and talk them through that. But the the level of physical activity uh, that's required, you know, it is such a minimum when you look at the hours in a day and we all have busy, busy lives. Uh, but it is one of those things where when Doug was saying about prevention – Prevention was taught to us 25 years ago in university, and it still is that kind of lost uh, cousin that never really gets um, brought up into the spotlight of mainstream healthcare. And and that's where you're seeing, like Doug was saying, the easy solution is walk, move. It's it's not a big pill problem. Chris, when you talk to your patients about exercise, is it 
planned exercise where they're really putting their mind into the aerobic exercise or whatever it may be, yoga, whatever it may be, versus I work at Fanshawe College. I'm in M building. I think they had you guys in mind when they built the stairs. They're pretty steep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going up and down them often. Is that enough? I'll sometimes just sit with a patient and ask them what their idea of exercise is. What do they do from the time they get out of their car in the morning to the time they get back in the car? And sometimes, yeah, their idea of exercise is walking the 50 feet down the hall to the candy machine or the <laughs> elevator. Uh, and, and that's their form of exercise. Out in the country, people are like, oh, I walk all the time. Well, it's just to the mailbox at the end of the road and back. And so I, I really do kind of prescribe what they need to be doing uh, because they, they don't know. They, they think that, yeah, I'm up and moving, but it is at such a small percentage of their, their overall day that it's not sufficient enough. And a study done just recently demonstrated that a full 75% of North American adults do not get the minimum amount of exercise mm-hmm. prescribed. And the minimum amount is really, that's the one that the, the government pushes out as being, well, this is what you should be doing. And that's not even close. If you talk to somebody who's really involved in healthcare, that's not even close to what you really need. Right. And, and the minimum, again, like Doug was saying, it is such a small number. And it's very interesting because as a society, we love sports. We love our sports teams. Like it's, it's, we, we hold these athletes up. Josh Donaldson. Hey, yeah. Well, yeah. We hold them up in the spotlight, but yet we reflectively don't, don't, try to attain that ourselves or even model it. It's just this grandiose wish that we could be just like them. Right. We need to get off the couch. Yes, absolutely. You asked me an interesting question before we went on the air. You said, Brian, have you ever been injured? I haven't been physically injured, but I shared with you a story that goes back a few years to at a time when I guess I just grew too big for my lung and it collapsed and I had an operation and then I had surgery and they repaired it and fortunately I've been okay. But you asked me a couple of questions based on that, which you would ask your patients. Well, it's interesting because we're finding out more and more that what used to come into the office as acute injuries, meaning something that happened as a result of an insult, we're now seeing people that are coming in with more chronic dysfunction. And when you really get down and start talking to these people and ask them questions such as, well, did you feel kind of did you feel intellectually hurt as a result of the And the, the answer injury? is yes. Yes. And, and you, you do it going through your mind, which connects perfectly to our theme on the show today, the mind over matter equation, that you feel, will I ever get back to any semblance of normalcy? Oh, depression, as we were discussing beforehand, can start to develop in people in as little as two weeks of having sustained an injury that lasts beyond that period of time. I mean, we're so used to having conditions that have a finite beginning and an end. But, you know, with most musculoskeletal injuries, back injuries, repetitive strain injuries, shoulder, these things don't have that sort of finite end. And every individual responds a little differently, don't they? Yes, absolutely. And and I see it where the patient comes in and they're kind of all doom and gloom because they haven't really been given a light at the end of the tunnel yet. Uh, and, and their injury, you know, clinically isn't isn't severe, but their presentation is. And again, sometimes by the end of the consult and, and you're sitting there and you've given them that this is what it is, this is how it will typically roll out, and here's your light at the end of the tunnel, uh, you know, their their whole emotional and mental state has turned around. And again, going through our healthcare training, that was never something that was emphasized, it was like, okay, you got to figure out what it is. What's wrong with this person? Well, how are you going to treat it? Versus sometimes I, I tell my, my juniors, sometimes the most powerful things you will do is talk to the patient. 
uh, and it won't be laying on the hands. And that's a great segue into mentioning your open house that's coming up this Tuesday. This is the, the thought starter. This is the conversation starter. These are the conversations that we want to hear at uh, Peak Mobility on Tuesday, while at the same time having some fun, having some beverages, having some eats that are better for you, and uh, getting into a draw for a grand prize. The open house at Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center coming up this Tuesday from 4 until 7.30. They're at 395 Southdale Road East, and that's sort of a cross street with Jalma. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right in the Shoppers Drug Mart Plaza. There it is. And you can give them a call at the clinic, too, at 519-850-7321. Back with more on The Experts. News, talk, sports. Now, back to The Experts on AM 980. With a fascinating and critically important conversation today, courtesy of Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center. They're at 395 Southdale Road East in London. Doug Pooley is a licensed chiropractor, and Chris Dribe is a physiotherapist. Chris's areas of specialty include working with you following a motor vehicle accident, acupuncture, shockwave therapy, sports injuries, pre- and post-surgery rehabilitation. So where were you when I needed you most there? (laughs) But can't look back in time. You just have to look ahead, right? right. And uh, repetitive strain injuries. We could do a show on that alone, Mm -hmm. right, with all that we do in this world. And a lot of it is connected to what you mentioned earlier, and that's um, technology and how it's changed. A couple of statistics that are ear openers here on AM980 today. 35% of all deaths related to coronary heart disease. 25% of all deaths related to stroke. 20% of deaths related to type 2 diabetes, and 20% of deaths are related to hypertension or high BP, and they could be avoided. Quite simply, they could, and this is not rocket science, as we discussed beforehand. It really is as simple as eating properly and getting regular exercise. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it astounds me that... Go ahead, sorry. I was going to ask... Let's now, you mentioned musculoskeletal system so and the need for exercise. And we hope now that more and more will be motivated to get off the couch and get active. And you're suggesting, you know, 60 minutes a day, but it needs to be the right exercise. How does that, Doug, impact the nerves and the muscles and the bones? Well, I, here's an interesting, some interesting stats. We have 206 bones in the body, but we have 650 muscles and over 900 tendon, or ligaments. So you see how complex this is. And it was complex not just because it decided it wanted to be funky. It's complex because it was an absolute necessity for all those things to be there because the whole body, the rest of the body, is very much dependent upon how well these things function. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting thing. We spend so much time and money invested in treating the organs. And we need to treat the organs, quite simply. But, you know, a lot of the dysfunction associated with organs, whether it be your heart or whether it be your stomach or your lungs or your prostate, for that matter, can be alleviated or, or, or helped significantly by doing nothing more than getting involved in an exercise program, losing the weight if you're obese, and eating properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's one of those formulas people are looking for the fountain of youth and they think it's this elusive and it's not a pool you jump in. Yeah, no, it (laughs) isn't. We, we have it inside us. Uh, You look at how the body works, how, how our body can heal itself. When the body is healthy, it can heal itself. And as a physiotherapist, you compliment that. Could you give us, without naming names, we know the confidentiality thing, but would you care to share, Chris, some examples of those who may have been injured, maybe it was a sports injury, maybe it was a strain or repetitious issue, and they came to you and through your expertise, they got not only back to where they were, but they're saying to you, I feel a whole lot better than I did before I met you. Yes, uh, 
numerous times in a week we we get these and in a I, week oh in a week yeah we we often see one of the advantages of of where what we work in right now with the healthcare system we have is people have to wait a very long time to see the specialist so they're often pushed into our our clinics to help them along the way and hopefully avoid the surgery or avoid the procedure and I just had a woman the other day that uh, has not run in five years. Uh, she was a marathon runner, hasn't run in five years. She's reduced herself to walking. Uh, that's her physical activity. And runners, if you know any runners, they are hardcore about mm-hmm. not running. When they can't run, it's not good. And and you could see all these things we've talked about, how they've affected her. She has stayed in good shape, but she hasn't run. And we've got her back to running uh, in a matter of months, it's uh, she's back to running, and she had given this up for uh, five years, and 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 she just had never had the opportunity to be in front of someone who would explain what the problem was, and that there was some light at the end of the tunnel, and there was no need for her to not ever run again. This is and this is a classic example. You're right that we see every day in our clinic because people just don't understand because there's been so little emphasis put on the maintenance of the physical body. You know, it's just assumed that it repairs itself. And to a great degree, it does. But like anything else, it's a machine. And a machine sometimes requires tuning because of lifestyle, the bumps and bruises of of just existence mm-hmm. that over time, it needs to be checked. It needs to be evaluated. And, and it there drives may you be... crazy. It drives you crazy when a car comes with an owner's manual, but we come into the world without one. <laughs> it's so funny. And, and it's the truth. And yet we've bought into the fact that we require periodic medical checkups, which is reasonable. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've bought into that we require periodic dental checkups because that's reasonable. But for some reason, the biggest part of who we are is essentially left up to chance. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. Back to your earlier point, Chris, about people, well, they kind of have to come to us because the wait lines are just too long. When they come to you and realize the benefits that physiotherapy, chiropractic care, and the other related disciplines bring them, they're glad they they arrived. But you you can speed up the time that would have been long been held had you not been a part of their world. Yes, I I usually explain to them. Here's your simple textbook physiological healing timelines. You know, people know they break their bone; they're going to be in a cast for six weeks. That's pretty common knowledge. But if you tear a muscle or you tear a tendon or you have a repetitive strain, I don't really know what that means. So we explain that to them and, and tell them how, you know, with certain interventions, we can actually accelerate this. Or if they've been dealing with it for an extended period of time, why they're still dealing with it and why it hasn't resolved. And that's, uh, we see it in our clinic and that's that's why we exist as professions. We're there to help these people get healed a, a lot faster than what they normally would. And this is what makes Peak so unique. And I believe this is the future of healthcare because for us, it's seamless. In other words, for the average person, as Chris mentioned before we talked, before we went up went live, is the average person really is, has no idea about what's involved with their condition. And it's not because they don't read about it. It's just because of the fact that it can be so complex that it's difficult to digest unless you are a licensed physiotherapist or a chiropractor. Well, they may be reading about it, but they're going to the Google and they're getting all kinds of misinformation. Misinformation, or, or you're right, that that's, that's definitely can be a fact, or at least conflicting stuff. So it and makes it sometimes overwhelmed, maybe even as a better. So with us, it's nice because whether they need chiro care or physiotherapy or massage therapy or acupuncture or advanced disc therapy... When they're in the building, all of these things are seamlessly available to the patient so that if they don't know where they're going, 
one of our people will find the right direction for them. And if that direction requires a few jigs in the road, then those are also available. So instead of having to search out the professionals that are going to do the job, we're fortunate enough to have have the team that can do that form. All under one lid. At Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center, they're at 395 South Dale Road East, and that's where the open house is happening this Tuesday. From 4 until 7.30, a chance to carry on this conversation and talk about your health and well-being and the promotion of our theme today, and that's Mobile Lives. They've got some food, drinks, and fun. Also, there's a grand prize draw, and they're now accepting new patients by giving them a call at Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center at 519 850 Coming up next, let's talk about our seniors, and many of them could be more mobile than we may see them. And we'll also talk about arthritis, and we'll talk about diabetes, especially type 2. That's next on AM980's Experts. News, talk, sports. Now, back to the experts on AM980. We welcome your calls, too, at 643-2222, or you can call us toll-free anywhere you can hear us at AM980, 866-354-8255. Your direct link into Doug Pooley, a licensed chiropractor, and Chris Stribe, a physiotherapist with Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and uh, Pain Center. You can follow them on Facebook. Uh, I I love some of the slogans or some of the mentions that you have here. Feel better, live better. I mean, what, what... better way of putting it than than that, the skill to heal and the spirit to care. And I think that spirit goes right through your clinic, doesn't it, in terms of all of the team members? We're so fortunate. We have such a good team right now. I mean, our people are not only competent, but they're enthusiastic. And even more important than that, these are people that genuinely believe that they have a gift and that gift is to help people get better. We're going to talk about seniors, but a good connection to seniors is is arthritis for a moment. Uh, What is the biggest misconception, Doug, in terms of what arthritis is? Well, the biggest misconception is that people believe that if they have arthritis, that it's a form of disability. Yeah, they, they kind of see it as a death sentence for that joint. You know, my knee has arthritis and, and if they're 50, they might think that, okay, my beer league hockey's done and I'm waiting to get it replaced. And it, it is so uh, far from the truth. We see so many cases where they've not necessarily been given the diagnosis, but they either are guessing at it. Uh, my, my dad had arthritic knees or my, my uncle had a bad back mm-hmm. and, and they just know what their coworkers have told them or what it is uh, they've looked up. And and it's when I get arthritic joints, I love it um, because they are they are fun to treat, and I can I can get these people better. The imaging now yes. for arthritis is amazing. Well, it, oh, that's a wonderful comment because <laughs> of the fact that you're right. We have spectacular advanced imaging with MRIs and CT scans. And one of the most interesting things that I find is that people will come into my office. They, well, I know the cause of my back pain now. I've got bulging discs, hmm. and I said, "Well, that's interesting. You know, you do." And, they don't realize that most of the population over the age of 50 has bulging discs. And they didn't even realize this because of the until they did a study on healthy, supposedly, well, asymptomatic people and found out that a full, I can't remember what the stat was, but it's significant of the mm-hmm. healthy population have discs that are bulging. And now we're finally starting to realize that that's just the way that the body works. It's a natural reactive mechanism that the body has. And it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because it's helping to keep them mobile until something is done to fix the problem. Right. And and the medical imaging is, it it gives us, it's just another piece of the puzzle, right? Uh, You know, sometimes, yeah, the medical imaging is, wow, I didn't expect that. Um, But again, Doug can attest, I get patients where they have disc herniations, and you sit there and go, how can this person have herniations? Because they're doing cartwheels compared to the person that has a bulge disc next to them. 
So you, we have a poster. It's called Vomit, Victims of Medical Imaging <laughs> Technology. And, and it literally is. It's just – it's trying to get them to understand this isn't a death sentence. This isn't a worst-case scenario. I get it that every body is different, but you just mentioned an example. Somebody comes in and they have clearly arthritis. Comes up in the imaging, wonderful imaging of peak mobility. What would be a realistic timeline to get benefit from coming to you? Oh, yeah, people can get benefit in the first treatment. Uh, we often, if the person's coming in and, and they've just, you know, tweaked their knee and they've had the diagnosis of you've got some arthritis a couple years ago, we can come in and, and they can be walking out already feeling better. Uh, and then it's just a matter of them understanding what's needed to keep them better and to keep them on that right track. And that's where our team setting really helps their healthcare. You're probably going to answer the question with, well, that's why we're here on AM 980, but why don't more people know that? I, I think societally we we look to the medical experts. Uh, you know, you go to your doctor and, and see what's happening. And sometimes the doctor doesn't want to necessarily radiate you and give you that diagnosis. So people will tend to sit and wait. Uh, half my clinic is full of people that thought it would go away six months ago. They were, uh, were very good at waiting, hence our wait list to see specialists. Or were prescribed something. True, yes. A big problem too comes in, unfortunately, because everybody is so busy now, is that sometimes it's the examination process that's lacking too. That sometimes healthcare providers can be pretty quick to give a diagnosis without really ever touching the patient. I've often found that to be rather interesting. Because sometimes it's no more difficult for somebody with knee pain than changing their footwear. And it may be no more difficult sometimes to help a knee problem than checking their back and their hip alignment to see if the weight distribution is proper down through the leg. Or as Chris will tell you, evaluating a muscular imbalance. Mm -hmm. There can be very simple, simple things that can make huge impact on people that are nothing more than common sense. I can give you just a quick clinical example. A marathon runner that I treat who's ran marathons for 30 years and she developed IT band syndrome. So she's got pain down the lateral edge of her knee and she's thinking that she's hurt her knee. And so when I explained what was happening to her and why, because of the way her foot was impacting and all this stuff, she couldn't understand why now? Why when I'm 30 years into this? And I said to her, you know, it's you're running at so many steps in a minute compared to the average person. And you could have just twisted your knee out gardening one day and thought nothing of it. Then, yeah, I'm going to go for my two, three-hour run. And, oh, it's a little bit sore, but I don't really register it. And then it's not till you know, the, the straws pile up and then it breaks the camel's back. And, and then they have a total realization of, oh, yeah, I remember that this happened. So now, though, the, this, the opposite is true where they, they now have an understanding. So they actually think, hey, this isn't another life or death sentence for my running career. I can just tweak a few things, attend treatment, get it fixed, and be back into the running process. You mentioned earlier, like, professional athletes are doing it all the time, right? We've had, uh, I mean, Tulewinski, for example, of the Blue Jays, Mm -hmm. you know, had an injury, and there's been a a lot of rehab that's been going on, even though he's been showing up for the team, because that's the kind of guy he is. But the professional athletes are doing what you're offering every day, and we just have too many people in London, Ontario, who are feeling it, maybe popping an Advil and hoping it all goes away, could come to you, also seek chiropractic care and be much further ahead than they could ever imagine. The the sophistication of the treatment process now, mm-hmm. what we have to offer the patients intellectually, whether it be in the form of, of therapy application or recommendations, is so far advanced. Even in my practice, I've been in practice 37 years, 
And the treatment of musculoskeletal injuries or back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, whatever you want to call it, has changed radically and we're so much better at it. The problem is, is that unfortunately for many people, as Chris said, we're not the first line of contact. We could save the patient not only a ton of money perhaps, but certainly significant significant pain and dysfunction. People have to understand that we're probably their best bet when it comes to things that move. In other words, if you've got a problem in an area that's moving, a joint, then you're probably best to seek out a physio or a chiro. You will probably get a, not that the docs aren't doing a good job, they're doing their best, but I think that you may be better served by seeing us first. And we can't promise, but we certainly can uh, think about adding more years to one's life because of the mind over matter power. And think about the technology that is available to you at your disposal at Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center. And you'll see all of that state-of-the-art technology, uh, certainly some of the very best in London, Ontario, when you visit their open house. And that's coming up Tuesday from 4 until 7.30. They're at 395 Southdale Road East, Cross Street at Jolna. And there's complimentary therapies, food, drink, fun, also a grand prize draw. And they're also accepting new patients. Get to know Doug. Get to know Chris by giving them a call at 519-850-7321. News, talk, sports. Now, back to the experts on AM980. With Brian Nuttall, thanks for being a part of our show today. And if you've missed any of it, be sure and catch the podcast at am980.ca. Just click on the link at experts, and there we are. Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center. This is our first of a number of shows in our series. We have another show coming up on Halloween. October the 31st. We look forward to uh, having Doug and his team join us. Chris Strive is a physiotherapist as well, motor vehicle accident injuries, acupuncture, shockwave therapy, shockwave therapy, uh, sports injuries, pre and post surgery, rehab, repetitive strain injuries. We could do a good long segment on that. You'll find them online at peakmobility.ca and uh, wait when you head over to their open house on Tuesday to see their uh, state of the art technology. Let's talk for a moment to and for our seniors. Is it ever too late to come to you? No, I, I treat centarians. Uh, a lot of my population is in their 80s and 90s now. I, I always say we're seeing our seniors who are much more active. Uh, my grandparents' generation were the, hey, I'm 65 and there's my rocking chair and uh, away we go. Whereas uh, my parents' generation, the boomers, uh, they're in their 60s and 70s, but they want to be like they were in their 40s and 50s. And so... We're seeing a lot of those uh, or that demographic coming into our clinic and, and wanting help or seeking help. What would be some of the first approaches to someone coming to you for the very first time? Who is a senior? Usually on our side of the, the table, we, we're concerned about any previous issues they've had uh, at that age, surgeries, if they've had any major invasive surgeries. And then uh, there's the the list of medications, and and we have a mix. We have some patients that yeah they're on the the 15 pills a day, and others that are just on Advil once in a while. So mm-hmm. once we get that cleared out, I kind of treat the 60 year old just like I would the 45 year old. Uh, I I tell them uh, age is a number, and it's uh, you know what I've got 45 year olds that move like they're 80, and I've got 80 year olds that move like they're 45. Because some of the issues that they face are compounded by that list of medications that they're on. True. And and the lifestyle they've had and, and how they've adapted uh, when we were speaking off air, you know, all these other things that affect a person's well-being, emotional, mental state, and, and how they go through their, their yearly lives and, and what that looks like at the next year and the next year. And 
you hear the phrase aging gracefully. Uh, mm-hmm. I see those and I know what those are. It's interesting. You know, we should be given a video early in our lives of what it's going to be like to age. You know, it probably would be the, one of the most important things for any human being to see is to actually be confronted with, here's the paths that you can take. Mm-hmm. In other words, here's the path of health, and this is what you're going to do, and you're going to exercise, you're going to eat properly, and here's what your, your, your senior years are going to look like. Or you can take this path, so you can eat a lot of processed food and GMO stuff, and you cannot exercise. And here's what the video is going to look like here. And, you know, I think if that was just, just that simple fact was to happen, you would be amazed because it is attitudinal. Mm-hmm. And we live in denial. It's amazing how many people, like smokers, I mean, and, and, and no disrespect, I mean, it's, it's a tough condition to, to deal with. But it's never going to happen to me. I mean, I'm not going to get lung cancer. Yeah. I'm not going to get diabetes. You know, I mean, I'm a little obese. No, I'm not. I'm just going to buy bigger clothes, you know. And, and that's, yeah, it's just horrible. I think uh, it would be neat to have an app where you could take oh, a love it. take a photo of yourself or or scan one from when you were younger and, like Doug said, input the data, and then here's what you're you're physically going to look like when you're <laughs> forty and fifty and sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids have ones that blur their faces and do all kinds of distortions, and I've I often thought it would be neat to to do like uh, Doug was saying and, and be able to input that, and and the person could really have an idea of of what they're going to uh, be like. You know, if, if someone could say to us, yeah, well, they do say to us now, if you do these things, this is what could happen. Um, but if you could physically see what that means, uh, often, you know, you see the, the shock stickers on cigarette packages. And when we were in anatomy courses too, it's like, oh, what's wrong with this lung or this heart? This is a person that had, you know, super high cholesterol or they were a smoker. And and that is a really impactful site, and it's that physical representation. Something that must be contributing to your busy lives is just the stress in this world. I mean, you're just experiencing it driving driving in London, from going from one point to, to the next. People are getting stressed out now going into a bakery and picking out which loaf of bread, you know, smells the best. You know, like it's getting that bad. It is. And stress is the consummate parasite. What I mean by that, Brian, is that it will always eventually affect the weakest area, whether it be your shoulders mm-hmm. or whether your back or it your really, immune system. Your immune system. So we can't underestimate the impact that stress is having on our healthcare system and on our bodies. Absolutely. It's, it is one of the key predictors even in my patients that I've seen for months and they're going through a rough spot and it's usually they've had a stressful weekend. It's not that their shoulder injury is any worse. It's better than it was two months ago, but their shoulder is now worse because they were stressed out on the weekend. Sure. And, they, and so many people, unfortunately, don't know how to deal with the stress. And again, they What's have called that, road rage. The road rage <laughs> or that deer in the headlights thing. More people get frozen from stress and then they seek the help of medications to escape the stress. Mm-hmm. Where by far more, far more effective is just to literally get up and do something. And again, getting to exercise, getting control of your life. I mean, that is that is absolutely paramount. The uh, when you look at exercise and stress or anxiety levels, you know, it, it has a huge impact on on that population. And and again, it's one of the f- very simple things that everybody everybody can walk right. They can go out, outside for lunch rather than go into the gloomy basement and have their lunch. Just when, go out and walk around the block. When you buy a house, you know, on the one pager, they'll say near a park. 
oh, great. Yes. We're near a park. And then, <laughs> they, and then they live there for five years, and they still haven't visited the park. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about type 2 diabetes, and we're also going to talk about some of the many topics that we are going to be covering on future shows because there are a bunch of them. Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Centre in London. They're at 395 Southdale Road East at Jalna in London. You can give them a call. They are now accepting new patients. Here's that number, 519-850-7321. News, talk, sports. Now, back to the experts on AM980. With Brian Uttall, representing Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Center is Doug Pooley and Chris Strive. And we have too little time to talk about too big a topic, but we'd be remiss not to talk a little bit about type 2 diabetes. Six million Canadians, Doug, are statistically prone to type 2. It is the biggest epidemic facing healthcare going forward and probably going to be, it already is in one form or another, the biggest cost to society as well, both from a healthcare perspective as well as from a disability perspective. Mm-hmm. It is a rampant. There's a study that was done that showed that the current level of, of diabetes and prediabetes, it was a study done in 2001, and they predicted at the 2050 we would hit where we currently are and this study is two years old, 2013. So in that period of time, we have already far exceeded what was predicted to be this horrific condition. We saw it coming. And very preventable. Yes. And and you see it in the younger kids now that are getting injured or, or just suffering different health issues when you're like, wow, these are kids. Like they should be bouncing back from this stuff really quick. And and we are seeing it in our clinics. Uh, Fifteen years ago, I didn't have nearly the pediatric population that we do now in, in our clinics. And the tragedy is that it begins with that diagnosis, but we don't know where it can lead in terms of other issues that are health-related. Everything. You know, when you think of a child with um, self-esteem issues because now they're a little more overweight or or they have to go on a diet, you know, all those things that can uh, affect the mental and emotional state, let alone the physical implications as well. Oh, the pre-diabetic state is, it is a silent killer. That's the problem, you see, because what happens is like the tip of the iceberg, the damage starts and it's not clinically there. So in other words, the person doesn't realize it until it manifests. And by that time, the groundwork has already been set for cardiovascular disease, you know, all sorts of other conditions mm-hmm. that can be impacted. Sorry. In the minute that remains, uh, talk about the importance of catching our next show on the 31st. You'd like to talk about the injury and that you are on the front line in terms of how they can get back to normal. Well, we'd like to share with the public of what the uniqueness is at peak mobility and how the combination of therapies that we have, we believe to be absolutely state-of-the-art mm-hmm. and certainly unique for southwestern Ontario. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that can maybe be getting a whole lot better faster by maybe taking a moment, come to our open house, as you were going to suggest, I'm sure, see what we have to offer, you know, visit and meet our professionals. We have something unique for you. A great first hour, Chris. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. That open house happens Tuesday from 4 until 7.30 at Peak Mobility Rehabilitation and Pain Centre at 395 Southdale Road East at Jolna in London. Have a great weekend.